One way um, we can actually find such a film is through Whispers of the Heart, which is the next film um, produced by Studio Ghibli. And the first, uh, if I'm not mistaken... Whisper of the Heart? Yes, that is actually not directed by uh, Isao Takahata or Hayao Miyazaki. Um, but, the, but the screenwriter is by Hayao. Yeah, the screenwriter Hayao. is still uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Um, but the director is Yusifumi Kondo? <laughs> Have you seen my new condo? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I know I've not seen your new condo. No. <laughs> I just here in Monash, uh, lovely place by the way. It's directed by uh, Yoshifumi Kondo, mm-hmm. um, who's. Uh, I haven't watched this though. Whisper oh, of the Heart. This is again uh, part of the reason why I'm so attracted to this film. A part of it is because people have not really seen it and they're not as aware maybe it's the silent hipster part of my personality that's, they're just silent screaming hipster. out yeah so it's not so silent oh, I've seen the the Cat Returns but I haven't seen the Whisper of the Heart yeah the Cat Returns is actually a spin-off from uh, Whisper of the Heart I think it's based on a cat figurine that uh, was not really I mean it's, it's kind of a prominent thing in, in this film but um, he became the main character of this mm, film called the Okay, But in The Whisper of the Heart, he's, um, he's not? No, he's not. It's just a, a cat figurine, you know, a statuette. And here's this cat statuette. Yeah, one of, so, yeah. one of the things that I like about Ghibli is that they humanize animal. actually. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of things that they're humanized. And animalize human beings. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Seriously, that's one of the themes as well. Yeah, another very interesting thing about this film is that they actually use the song by, I think it was John Denver. Uh, Take Me Home, Country Roads? Yes. Oh my God. It's, it's the, arguably the main theme in this film. And that's amazing. Ah, uh, okay. Um, this, it's not, this is, I think, one of the few Ghibli films that's not, um, if you like, done by uh, Joe Hisaishi, who, who tend to do quite a lot of the Ghibli films, the composer. Um, uh-huh. But the thing that stuck out in my head every single time was just take me home, take me home country roads, country roads to, a, to, a to place, the place, to the place I belong. Okay, uh, is she lost or something in the movie? <laughs> I don't know because it's take me home. So anyway, anyway, I mean, we, we tend to look at, at the song as a metaphor or allegory mm-hmm. for for such journeys, and uh, there is that element of of looking for. Uh, familiarity as a way of comforting yourself, but there's there's no real loss in terms of I don't know where I am right now. It's not really like um, like Pompoko, for example, where the, mm-hmm. the the threat of the home being demolished mm-hmm. and being gone forever is very mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that. In 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 so many ways, it's actually just a very simple and very nice love story between two characters, but not the cat. The, the cat, the cat the, well, the, not the cat. Uh, the, the girl's not falling in love with the cat, right? No. That would be another issue. Well, not, not in this film. Not, not that I remember. So, oh, um, okay. There is this um, connection between the two uh, main characters, uh, Shizuku, um, and she 
uh, comes across this character, Seiji Amasawa. Right? Mm-hmm. Basically, she's a bit of a bookworm, and she ah. finds that there's this bunch of books that she borrowed from the library, and oh, okay. oh, the books cute. are all checked out, if you like, from the library by this guy called Seiji. So, um, yeah, uh, there was, yeah, that's that's kind of how. I think I've heard about this before. Can you take a look at like the poster? The poster. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, it's so sweet. It is very sweet. I mean, I have to admit, I think out of all the films of Ghibli, I think this is probably the sweetest. It's just oh. a lovely, lovely film to watch. Probably not for you to watch if you're diabetic or something, because that's how sweet it is. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's just really, really fun and nice to watch. And I just cannot ask for more for, uh, for a film okay. that like this. It, it makes for a nice. Hmm. Um, how can I say this? A nice break from a lot of other, of the other Ghibli films. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so think, I think I've read uh, a manga before that have like the same theme, those kind of thing, like hmm. looking for someone who share your interests, those kind of thing. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's nice. Right. Okay, uh, I'm going to check that out as uh, well. Absolutely, check yes. that out. Whisper of the heart. <laughs> Do you listen to the whispers of the heart? Whisper of the heart. Probably a good Valentine's Day movie as well. Yeah, well... Not really. <laughs> don't really want to watch know. anime. <laughs> I, I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. But Whatever I think it's, it's so, because it's so sweet. <laughs> it is very sweet. Um, I would not say no to, to watching that film on Valentine's Day. It's, it's just really, really nice. Right? Right. But um, is it as nice as Princess Mononoke? The next film released by... Mm, right. I haven't watched it. This Princess Mononoke, though. Okay. Um, this is a very interesting thing. Why have you not watched this film? Um, just happened. No, I, I don't know. I just don't have time to watch it. Actually, That's not it. yet. But uh, I do know that it's. I think I've watched it in. Disney Channel, like again, most of the Studio Ghibli films are actually now. Hmm. Um, it's on Disney Channel. We hmm. could actually catch it on Disney Channel. I'm not hmm. promoting Disney Channel, but I think I've, I've seen a glimpse of Princess Mononoke See, in there. The part in the beginning when I ask you what else do you do, that would have been the place where you actually disclose whether you actually work for Disney Channel. Or not. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. No, but yeah, but um, there's a strong again environmental issues as well, what I've heard of mm. um, in Princess uh, Mononoke and there's this girl who was actually raised by a wolf mm. I'm not mistaken so I think one of one of the issues would be the balance of life if I'm not mistaken, mm. that's what I've heard mm. yeah um, there is uh, a kind of compromise that has to be found between all the different characters in order for them to actually mm. live and prosper. And there is a disease or something like that in the village, right? There, there was, yeah. There, there's a an epidemic or something. Because I think um, there's a kind of uh, liquid that kind of infects people who come uh, in contact with this liquid. Um, uh, so okay. this. Uh, where is it? Okay, Iboshi. Iboshi behaves the forest spirit during its transformation into the Nightwalker, and corruption pours from his body, killing all life it touches as he searches for his head, which Jikobo has stolen. So we see here, it's not, it's not, 
I mean, this is a Wikipedia entry, it's very open for people to edit and whatnot. But the term corruption being used, I think that's a very specific and very deliberate term. Right? It's not so much a disease in the way that we look at cancer, or um, just now I mentioned something about diabetes, right? <laughs> um, probably not the most sensitive uh, way to use it. But th- there's those physical diseases, and this, in this case, it's, it's a more spiritual, a more mental kind of disease that infects mm-hmm. you, whoever, whoever you are. If you're a human being, you can actually, in, in some ways, be corrupt, right? Mm. So I think it's a very interesting way of looking at how um, something that is very human and nature is, again, number one, presented in a very separate way, but at the same time, we also see how it can be a negative thing for them to come into contact with one another. This is kind of, um, as you say, it's corruption that, that erupts from this. Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's more than just an allegory and metaphor mm-hmm. for the environmental issues of the day, which I think even to this day, it becomes, um, it becomes I don't know, um, you, you don't really see it as much in the newspapers, but it's definitely there. Issues on the environment to do yeah. with global warming and everything. Yeah. It's, it's always there, and it, we are constantly surrounded by it. And this is one film that has brought a bit more attention to the issue in a very creative way. So, yeah, yeah and, and this... I uh, think, well, for me, I think it's a bit too heavy. That's, I think, one of the reasons why I haven't watched Princess Mononoke as well. Mm. It's a bit heavy in terms of the message. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, it's one of those movies that you can't really sit back and relax and watch, in my <laughs> opinion. In my opinion. Because there are so much um, battles and so much things to mm. you know work around, yes. and then I have the natures of constantly analyzing. Mm. So I'll be I'll be constantly <laughs> analyzed yeah. when I watch Princess Mononoke. So probably need to be in a better mood if I want to watch <laughs> Princess Mononoke. Yeah, we, we always need to to prime ourselves to ensure <laughs> that we can enjoy these films in the right way. Um, but that has not stopped people from. Going to watch this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard it's one of the best sellers, right? Yeah, it is, as it stands, number six in the list of highest grossing films in Japan of all time. Oh, um, just yeah. behind another Ghibli production, House of Castle. House of Castle, right? yes. So, and that is behind Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. What interesting is to me is that four of Ghibli's um, Ghibli's anime is actually on their top earning movies yeah Mm. top 10 actually four out of the top 10 40% of the highest grossing films in Japan of the top 10 at least Mm. um, 40% are studio Ghibli films but interestingly the latest one is actually Ponyo which is it was released six years ago you know, as and it's not Hayao Miyazaki. It's actually by Goro, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's by it's, his son. It's by his son. It's a bit different. Um, and it's a fine achievement in its own right. But the fact is, uh, we look at Spirited Away. That is a film that was released 13 years ago. right? The same for House Moving Castle, a decade ago. Princess Mononoke, in the last millennium. Wow, you know? 1997. So these are all very successful films. But I think it is the failure of the more recent films to truly make an impact in the box office. Um, mm. Unfortunately, um, th- that has contributed to Studio Ghibli not being as, how can I say this, as, um, as uh, profitable as they probably should be. Right? Actually, um, well, we had a look at Ponyo. Oh, it's I, actually I, uh, directed by Miyazaki as well. So, 
Yeah. Oh yeah. So not by Guru. Yeah. Well, uh, not yet. Uh, at least not for this film. Uh, it's a very nice, another very nice film. But yeah, it's okay. It's, <laughs> we'll get to that again in a short while. So after Princess Mononoke, we have uh, my neighbors, the Yamadas. I don't really know that. <laughs> neither did. Neither did I. Oh, I think this is also one of the animals that's a bit hard to find as well. Why is that? Do you think? I don't know. I tried to look at it, but it's not. Maybe I look at it at the wrong website. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's I I, I cannot find this one. No. Yeah. But it, if you look at it, the picture, um, me and Freaky actually looking at it right now. Mm. <laughs> it's very different. It's not really Ghibli's or or style, mm. right? It's more like a, a regular Japanese cartoon. <laughs> I can't believe it's actually Ghibli. Well, uh, perhaps that's just yeah. Uh, see. The, the, the style is probably a bit different. The style is different. Given the fact that we have not uh, seen the films, uh, the film ourselves. Like uh, Neighbor Yamada. We probably can't comment on it as mm. well as we should do. Uh, which probably highlights the fallacy of doing this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> we should have just organized a marathon first and then. Yeah, and then that would be great. That would be great. Yeah. But anyway, so. We can't comment on what we have not seen. Yep, Spirited Away, definitely. Definitely, both, both of us have it's seen it. It's one of the movie, a must, if you want to know about Ghibli um, yep. Studios, and also about who is actually Hayao Miyazaki, and what is his anime style. Hmm. We really need to check on Spirited Away. Hmm. Um, one of the things that really interesting for me is that she, he actually based the main character, Chihiro. See, I, I even hmm. remember the main character's name. I don't need to look at Wikipedia for that. Oh, yeah, well done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, cake for that. <laughs> Chihiro, um, who's actually changed name later on because um, she's living in the Outer world. Yeah, so from Chihiro, yeah. she becomes Chihiro, Chihiro Win. No? No, <laughs> she becomes Sand. Sand. So. Sandpaper? Anyway. <laughs> so, um. See, I, oh, I lost my train of thoughts because of that sandpaper. I forgot what I want to say. Just rubbed it off your mind. Okay, Chihiro. Oh, yeah, okay. So, basically, Hayao Miyazaki, if I'm not mistaken, based um, the Chi- uh, Chihiro characters um, on the neighbor kit. Hmm. So, uh, that's an actual girl out there that is like Chihiro. All right. So, it's based on, on a real kit that um, Hayao Miyazaki know, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it's definitely based on something because mm-hmm. there are a lot of themes here that we can actually compare to other texts. Uh, other people have compared this to Alice uh, in Wonderland, mm-hmm. um, which was written by Lewis yeah, Carroll. Yeah. So there's. Um, it's her, uh, this is also a original story, right? It's not based on. It is. It's actually an original story in its own right. I mean, of course, um, we can look at a certain film and text, and we can see how there are similarities that can be found in other in other films or in other books, but. Um, that's not to say that the idea itself is specifically uh, exclusive to a certain writer or to a certain okay. filmmaker. So it's not officially, it's not a remake of... Yeah, remake of, or uh, base of something. Yeah, yeah well, well, unless you talk about um, real life as, as being a source of... Mm, yeah. Right? So what would be, what would be, what would be your favorite scene from Spirited Away? Oh, um, I think... There are a number of scenes that, that stood out. Perhaps for me, my favorite 
or amongst my favorite would actually be uh, Chihiro mm-hmm. and the the ghost. The uh, no, no face. No face actually uh, taking taking a ride on uh, train. <laughs> taking a ride on the train. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why Japanese like to make the ghost or the <laughs> no face the characters. The scary character always sound like that. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, check you on. <laughs> There are the, the ghosts also said like that. Uh, okay. This one is also. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I, I wish we can turn it you off for sure. But, uh, it is it is uh, somewhat scary. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's another memorable memorable scene I can talk about. But the train scene where they're ride, on the train yes. and then she's riding it with. The, the dragon, the, no? the goat, no, the ghost, the uh, no face, mm-hmm. as well as the fly and the small mouse. Yeah, it's just the cutest thing ever, <laughs> and it's it's such a ridiculous thing. You watch it and you and you, there's this feeling that you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, because the characters in this film they take on many different roles at different times. Yeah. In one moment, in one scene, they are the antagonists. They mm. are actually yes, no face exactly. actually eating people up, you know, and, mm. and then consuming everything in his mm. heart. Mm. And then within the next, within a few scenes later, um, he he becomes this compliant um yeah character who just follows Chihiro or Look very docile. And look like, very docile. Yeah. 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 And then in the end they all went to Um, this one little cottage with another witch and the, the twin sister, you know, of Baba, of Baba. Hmm. and Yutata. <laughs> I don't know. Yutata. <laughs> you don't know the name of this character. I don't know. You don't know. Anyways, um, anyway, so it sounds so wrong. It does sound so wrong. But why? Why is it something that is so wrong? Feels so right because <laughs> it's just so great. And, and the scene, right? Coming back to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we see these characters suddenly becoming so docile. If I'm not mistaken, I think No Face was helping to knit some stuff. Or <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> so it's weird but wonderful all at the same time. It's just so interesting. I, I this is one of those films I watch. I know it's going to be a happy ending, mm-hmm. but I cannot even begin to predict how we are going to get there to the happy ending. To the happy ending or to the ending in its own right, yeah. right? So I just. This is a wonderful journey of discovery, right? Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. That, for me, that was the one thing that really stood out in in terms of um, uh, favorite scene and whatnot, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think at one point uh, I I tried to look uh, like again online. What mm. is actually no face? Mm. Because he looks like if if you guys ever seen Spirited Away or. Try to look it up or Google No Face from Spirited Away. Mm. It's not really. It's not a being actually. It's sort of like a ghost thing. Mm. Um, it, it's it's a, it's actually not a part of the demons and the deities and mm. the gods world as well. Mm. Basically, an outcast mm. as well because he was this No Face character is not accepted anywhere. Mm. Um, so I'm still looking of of. What is no face anyway? Yeah, um, right. there's a lot of symbolic uh, meaning to the no face. A lot of people said it was our own demon, like a personal human demon, like because because no face could be greed, mm. so no face could actually change into whatever bad traits that we that per, that uh, people have. Mm. So 
if he was surrounded by greedy people, hmm. he become greedy as well. Yeah. And then when uh, No Face hang out with Chihiro, mm. he become docile and nice because Chihiro is nice and as, as and stern as oh, well. She's not really docile. No, not really docile, but he yeah. he's 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 a good character. Has a positive traits. Mm. So No Face actually live off of her positive traits, yeah. if that make any sense. So I don't really know what No Face is, mm. but I think that's one of the analysis is that he was sort of mimic. Uh, his surrounding. I don't even know if it's a his or a her, an it. <laughs> Do you think it could be linked to the Japanese or perhaps um, the wider Asian community's uh, importance, uh, the placing of importance on having a face, so to speak? You know, we often talk about how um, we should uh, take care of our face, or where am I gonna, you know, if something happens, like, oh, where am I going to put my face? The face, the image, the reputation, and everything becomes. Mm-hmm. Something very important, not just for Japanese people, but for for everyone, oh, for quite a lot of people in Asia, absolutely. And have losing face uh. is something that's not as well received. So in this case, mm. um, you, you have no face. It's like it's a very deliberate attempt to make this character very difficult to define. Um, I don't know for that for sure. I never look at it at at that point, mm. but I do. What makes sense to me is that No Face is basically um, our alter ego, I guess, in my opinion. Oh. Um, not not really the, the cultural aspect that you mm. you talk about. It's more of um, uh, something that lives inside of us. Mm. Not, <laughs> not like alien kind of thing, but it's more of like subconscious, the alter ego... Um, the whisper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, you, you, you know, if you wanted to do bad things, yeah. then no face would be the one who's actually push you to do bad things. All right. I think some, something like that. Something like that. That's my opinion. But uh, no face is definitely a character that a lot of people, like if you Google it or uh, spirited away, mm. there's a lot of um, people that try to interpret um, what is no face. Mm. And I guess... That 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 also one of the thing that has been talked about about spirited away because we never really know, and mm. I think maybe that's actually also the purpose by the 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 animator or by Hayao Miyazaki to create these characters that mm. that could actually be interpreted of many things. Mm. Okay, all right. I think that's a very interesting analysis worthy of further consideration. Um, <laughs> so that's officially at least uh, the eleventh film feature film released by Studio Ghibli. Number 12 is The Cat, Cat Returns. Returns. We'll talk about it. I think I haven't watched it as well. Alright, yeah. Again... Have you? I have seen it. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I mentioned earlier about how there's... Whisper of the Heart. Yeah. Um, you have to do that. Whisper of the Heart. Uh, in Whisper of the Heart. We see how <laughs> the cat returns. <laughs> and and we, we see a clear separation in a lot of the films between the fantastical and the real. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film serves as a kind of fantastical attachment mm-hmm. to uh, Whisper of the Heart. Uh, yes. to, it does not really directly relate to the main characters of that film. Right? Yeah, it deals with, yeah, because we, 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 we're not... Um, the same characters do not actually appear in this film. The only link between that film... is the Baron. It's the cat. cat. This cat is, is the Baron called 
well, it's That's the cat, cat called the Baron. Baron. <laughs> no, a Baron. That's a Baron called Cat. <laughs> you never know. Um, it's a big world. Right? <laughs> no, uh, this is actually quite funny as I'm reading it from Wikipedia. Mm. Um, one day, uh, this, the girl's character saves a cat from being hit by a truck. Um, and then the cat turns out to be a prince from the cat kingdom. Mm. Um, and then the cats give Haru gifts of catnip and mice mm. and offer a hands in marriage. Now, that would be one of the topics that we try to avoid. Again, the, the, the Inter- we, we go back to Porco Rosso. You know? Interbeing, how about that? How about that? Porco Rosso, oh my god, because I just realized that we kind of pinned down some of the theme by Ghibli's. Okay, um, looking at Japanese society as a whole, it's kind of going away a bit from this film. But um, for me, one of the most interesting things about Japan is how they are actually very open to many things. Yes. But at the same time, there is almost like a desire to keep the other sides of the different peoples there kind of unspoken for. I mean, we, mm. we look at Japan and we see it as as one of the more conservative kind, mm. uh, one of the more conservative countries in Asia, certainly, mm. and perhaps the world as well, right? With very strong uh, traits uh, to do with history, loyalty, mm. honor, and all this kind of stuff. And yet, they have the biggest porn industry <laughs> in the world. Yes, and the it porn, would have known. Well, <laughs> I do my research um, based on what my friends tell me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and even then. Um, I noticed that there's a lot of very different stuff going on mm. with this, and I just find it so interesting. Um, yeah, that is interesting because um, it's just different in, in a number of different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I can describe it further. I, I know I'm, I, I'm sounding like a babbling fool right now, but the fact is, I'm not as aware of other parts of the world where there's such a strong emphasis in both directions, right? And do you think that this has any role to play in the making of these kind of films? Like, okay, we talked about cat returns, but also Porco Rosso, where romance between different... A pig yeah, <laughs> and a if woman. you think about it, I, I, I've not come across something like that before in other contexts, in other films. You know, we tend to see romance between animals, all right? Like Lion King, for example, or whatnot. <laughs> or we tend to see romance between human beings, like every other film that comes out from Hollywood. Okay? But... <laughs> Between the two, even in an animated I, form, I think I think in some of other other culture or some other countries, bestiality is actually something that is a taboo, right? In love with hmm. <laughs> not human is actually something that is actually a tab- taboo. But yeah, well, but in Japan, I think one of the things that a lot of Westerners, not just Westerners, people outside of Japan, always seen hmm. look at um, Japanese culture as very en- enigmatic because we cannot really know what. Hmm. And I think, in my opinion, is that the Japanese culture is all about keeping things in balance. Yes. In my opinion, if I looking at looking at all of the Ghibli's anime, hmm. it's all about keeping it in balance. Yeah. I guess so, but. <laughs> Oh my god, but just again, again, something that is not acceptable, especially here in Indonesia. Yeah, well, it's not as accepted as far as I know in Malaysia as well. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting the days when my cat proposed to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be weird. We, okay. we, we wait with bated breath. Right? So <laughs> that's 
you know, The Cat Returns, which is a fine film in its own right, mm-hmm. worth watching and whatnot. But perhaps not as well known as the next film, Howl's, Howl's Moving, Moving Castle. Castle. Right. Now, I know that you're but a what, fan of this. Why, why have to do with the accent? Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. 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 <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, and that's how to say in the right way. I don't know. <laughs> It's a, again well I mean, for this one it's um, um, adaptation mm. right oh the reason why we pronounce Howl's Moving Castle because it's by English writer <laughs> yes uh, it's based on a novel of the same name by yeah. Diana Wynne Jones there's actually a lot of critics about this uh, movie because it's not again um, if you want to compare between books and the movie uh, mm. people sometimes tend to choose the book over the movie Hmm. and there's I think one of our friends here also said it's not really um, the same as the the book as well, it's just Hayao Miyazaki interpretations of Hmm. the book, it's more like that, so um, it's uh, it's, well I've I've never I haven't read the book Hmm. but uh, some say it's quite actually different from the book, Hmm. but nonetheless I I really like this Howl's Moving Castle because, again, the same theme. A strong, powerful um, woman. Now, this one is not... The character is not actually... Uh, well, yeah, the character is not actually children like we mentioned before, but now it's about, you know, um, a young woman now. All right. So you Fall in love with the... I think it's... He's a witch or something like that. Um, he has a supernatural yeah, power. Yeah, he, he is a, a kind of prince who's a witch, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but, Again, non-committed type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a powerful wizard, certainly. His <laughs> name is Howl. He certainly dresses like a prince. He looks very regal in, in a lot of the scenes. He looks a bit feminine. Well, a feminine prince. <laughs> very Japanese. <laughs> yes, very, very Korean, probably. Oh um, my god, yes. But yeah, um, basically I... I have to admit, this is one of those films I watched. I wasn't really taken by the film so much. Oh, okay. I'm not so sure why. I I feel that it's a good film, certainly enjoyable in its own way, but I can't say that it reaches a lot of the same levels. Mm. Um, not even some of the smaller uh, or, or lesser-known films like Kiki's Delivery Service. I feel like um, there's a divergence here from what I expect of a Studio uh. Ghibli film compared to what I actually got from this film. And I feel that what you mentioned earlier about this being a more adult film, featuring mm-hmm. a more adult character, I feel that this is probably something to do with that. Mm. Do you think... Uh, I don't know, but what, what do you think? Do you, are you able to accept Ghibli films that features characters who are not children? So to speak? Oh, sorry. Okay, no worries. Uh, well... Well, for me, I just like the part again because. I'm sorry. Oops. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Professionalism right. is uh, one of the main criteria for people wanting to work here at Monash College. <laughs> no. Having said that, my own phone can go off at any moment. Um, right now. Um, we'll take a short break, ladies and gentlemen, and then, we'll, and then we'll come back after this. Don't go away. <laughs> Right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back with, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling to try to remember what we talked about just now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
there was something about the voice of a chipmunk or something like that. Um, because we did manage to have a listen very briefly to what we recorded just now. And Weena said something about... How different my voice was. Yeah, well, that's... How, how, how do you think... Um, what do you think about this? I mean, you heard your voice back and it's like, do you feel weirded out by this? Or? No, I could actually have a talent as a dubber, in my opinion. We, we should get Disney I, to hire you. For- <laughs> I'm like, anyone know any positions for a dubber? Let me know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, Studio Ghibli, if you guys ever do decide to come back into production, hopefully very, very soon. Um, Wina from Jakarta International College. Is right. If you want to dub it to Indonesian as well, I could uh, play some of the characters, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do no face. <laughs> yeah, I could actually do no face very well. Uh, yeah, yeah, you and just about every other person <laughs> yeah. can speak. Um, All right. Oh, oh, we talk about um, Howl's Moving Castle the last yeah. time. Yeah. What, what was it we were talking about? The novel, right? Yeah. The novel and how it's actually very differ mm. from the films. Yeah. There's this film called Gone Girl, mm. a very recent uh, release featuring Ben Affleck in one of the lead roles. And the interesting thing about this film is that the screenplay for the film was also written by the original author of the book, uh, Gone Girl. So it should uh, be very close to the film. Well, to the book. You'll, be interested, you'll be interested to find out that the ending was altered slightly. I, ah. I've not seen the film, I've not read the book. Quite frankly, I have, I have no real interest in watching it for now. But that was a very interesting thing that I noted um, in one of the interviews I, I read about this mm. film. Primarily because I personally feel that there's no harm whatsoever in the filmmakers or, or in, the, in those adapting uh, a certain text from one format mm-hmm. to another. Uh-huh. There's no harm in actually changing certain things around. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Are you a fan of this or do you feel like we should actually stick a lot closer to um, the material? Well, in my opinion, I think we are more um, attached to the book mm-hmm. uh, compared to the film in my opinion, because when we read a book, we imagine things. We imagine a certain scene, we imagine a certain person. Mm. We get really invested in the storyline and mm. even in the book as well. So we have that emotional connection when we're reading books. Mm. And then when they try to translate it into a film or into the big screen, mm. um, it might... We have these expectations, we all have these uh, pictures in our heads mm. uh, about that specific films, uh, the specific scene have to be like this, mm. um, and so on. And sometimes the, the films are all fails with mm. the expectations of from the, from the book. Mm. So, and I do uh, experience that as well. I always said that the book always better from the film. Mm. The book is always better than the film because, again, there's this personal attachment that cannot be replaced by any movie, in yes, my opinion. Exactly. So that will be actually for filmmakers that will be a challenge. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of adapting uh, or using ideas that has already originated in another format, is there's always the tendency to look at something from a very um, I can say specific, more visual and more filmic perspective. But at the same time, you realize that certain stories you cannot adapt the film, or you cannot yeah. adapt the story as a film without having to change certain things. Precisely yeah. because the arts, yeah. um, they're just so different. It's just the storytelling methods are not 
similar mm-hmm. in the slightest. Right? Mm-hmm. So there are things that has to be changed. I think even Harry Potter's that is actually considered very successful. Still, a lot of people prefer the books rather than the films, mm. even though it's you know box office those kind of thing. Mm. But you know you can never really replace that emotional attachment mm. if you read the book. Right. Well, this is something we should actually uh, consider for the next uh, film as well, which is uh, <laughs> Tales from Earthsea, which is also an adaptation. And something that I haven't watched again <laughs> from another Ghibli watch. production. Well, funny you mentioned that because I've not watched it either. <laughs> either that, I've seen it or and, and I've blanked it out from my head. Uh, the, 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 the interesting thing, however, it could be somewhat related to the fact that there is a Miyazaki who directed this, but it's not Hayao, it is Goro. Goro, yeah. What do you his think son. of yeah, his son? What do you think of his son um, as a director? Again, I can't really comment on it because mm-hmm. I haven't watched anything that the son made. Oh, really? Yeah, because okay. you've got Tales from the Earth Sea, and then the other one was um, From the Poppy Hill? Poppy Hill? From Up the Poppy Hill. From Up from the Poppy Hill, I haven't watched that as from well. From Up on Poppy Hill, sorry. From Up on Poppy Hill, I yes. haven't watched that as well. Mm. So I can't really comment on how the difference the styling directing is. Mm. But again, for Goro, I think I think he's under a lot of pressure, mm. immense pressure, because people expect him to follow the father's footstep. Absolutely. And again, it's always going to be a challenge <laughs> with with um, regenerations, especially if your father's a well-known um, enemy maker. Exactly. Um, certainly, for someone like Goro, uh, mm-hmm. there has been reported. Of um, certain creative conflicts between the, yeah. the, the two, between and father and son. Oh, what I've read again, this is just a bit of a gossip. They don't mm. really have a good relations between them. Yeah, apparently yeah. that is the case, and it is quite telling that out of all the films uh, made by Studio Ghibli, only two uh, has been directed by Goro Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first one, of course, Tales of Mercy. The second one, as you mentioned, is now From Up on Poppy Hill. From right? Up on Poppy and Hill. And when you yeah. think about how many people have considered him to be the heir apparent to Hayao Miyazaki, this experiment of placing him as the the next guy to, to carry the the creative yeah. burden, I think... That, that it's a bit too much. It may, it may well have been a bit too much. Uh, but the fact is, the end result of this whole thing is that right now, as it stands... Miyazaki retires, everybody goes batshit mental. <laughs> they don't know who's, who's the next guy who's going to step up. Yeah. Right? Who has the track record, who has the creativity, yeah. and the, the iron will to simply drive things through and do things his way. Right? So yeah. that is an important aspect of, of making films and directing as well, especially if you're the director. Mm. So, yeah, I guess Tales from Earthsea and... Um, from Up on Poppy Hill. They remain the only contributions thus far of uh, Miyazaki's son to the Ghibli, Ghibli collection. I, you know, I would suggest for, try to find other field. Because, mm. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's a bit too much because Hayao Miyazaki really, uh, you know, it's, it's, he put um, his name on everything Ghibli, right? Exactly. So I think 
I don't know, maybe he could be a dubber of voice actors <laughs> instead of the directors. Could be, you know, and, still in the anime um, industry, exactly. but try other... <laughs> and take more directions. Yeah, other, yeah, other specialification. Yeah, well, something for him to consider. Right? <laughs> I think he has a bit more time on his hands. I think he will hear this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Don't sue us, Goro. Um, Goro. We have no money. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, so that's Tales from Earthsea mm-hmm. uh, from up on Coffee Hill. Princess well, Kak, uh, Wind Rises. The Wind Rises, mm-hmm. that's his last film. But before we get there... Oh, sorry. Uh, Ponyo. Ponyo, his second to last film. All right? Yeah. You, you've not seen it. I've seen this. Actually. Oh, you've seen this one. Yeah. Right. Have you? I have. Ah, good. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Another thing that this. we could actually discuss about. Yay. Um, it's a bit... I don't know. For me, it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> what, weird, what way? weird in terms of the babies of the fishes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Ponyo is it's a goldfish. It's a goldfish, right? Yeah. So he's basically if it's an if it's on earth, mm. on land, he became a baby, but mm. then when he touched the water he turns into a a sea creature. Yes, that's right. Uh, there's, like that. there's a very uh, interesting interpretation of how certain things work here. But ultimately, yes, um, it is very strange in some ways. But I think it is a very creative way of bringing into uh, our attention, again, the, the issues related to environmental protection. Right? Yes, because again, another another environmental issues as well yeah, from Ghibli. Is there any um, particular scene in this film that sticks out for you? Um, not really, uh, because again, it's it's Ponyo. It's one of the movies that okay, it's Ghibli. It's fun. It's uh, funny. It's always touching, but it's not something that I want to watch again and again and again. Hmm. Which is not like uh, for Spirited Away and um, Kiki's Delivery Service and what else? My Neighbor Totoro. I watch it more than once, right? Because I see. Okay. because I really like um, all of those three stories. And but not because you have to screen them in class. <laughs> No. no, no. For Spirited Away, I really need to put like student to be enlightened. Yes, <laughs> that's yes. why we showed it in class. Yes. But for you know, in in my own personal time, I watch all of those three movies again and again and again. But Ponyo, I don't really have the desire to repeat or watch it again. Once is enough, actually, in my mm. opinion. Um, but then again, one of the things that really interesting for me is that again, I like the family theme. Uh, the family theme from the movie because it was this time uh, mm. it goes back again to the same uh, characters like children mm. children character the main character is actually still a young boy probably mm. eight or nine years old um, and then live with his mother mm. and then he has a very strong relations with her mother with his mother mm. so it was a very I like that um, dynamic of um, mother and son, and okay. they kind of like again. There is a sense of, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he just moved to this new town and tried to settling down, mm. um, getting to know th- uh, the neighborhood and all of those kind of things. Um, that's one of the topic that I enjoyed actually. Yes, again, the journey of discovery. Yeah, uh, yeah. For the characters as well as for us. Right? Mm. Um, so not really in terms of. Uh, uh, Watching it again, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Perhaps we will feel differently about it. Um, but I do. Um, after this talk, I do want to watch A Spirit of the Heart. A Spirit of the Heart. And <laughs> then the cats return definitely on my list to watch. Hey, you forgot one sound. You have to attach to that. 
kind of period mm-hmm. film, an animated film, would be like set in 1963, Yokohama. Um, and I haven't watched it. I've not seen it either. But again, this is another the, the second of of Goro Miyazaki's films um, that that he has directed for them. Why is it that we are not so interested in his films? <laughs> I can't really say. I just. I'm just not interested yeah. in in these premises again. Hmm. Uh, well, it's a good thing. Um, they see the story is a high school girl living in a boarding house. Hmm. Um, probably another same theme to prove yourself, self discovery, and so on. It's a yeah. bit repetitive in a way. Do you think this is one of the things that's actually hurting Studio Ghibli in, in trying to compete within a more modern context? I guess so. I could say so, hmm. um, because well, like I, I think I think I could actually see the point of view from the the directors of the people from the Ghibli that say they need to reorganize right hmm. in the in the news that say before. Yeah. Because if you take a look now, it's already what two thousand what movie is it? Two thousand eleven. Still the same topic, yeah. uh, or still the same theme. Are we not empowered enough already as a society? I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of topic that we could actually discuss in today's society. In my opinion, right, right. In my opinion, so uh, and probably because we have, you know, well, again, some people, some people will see, oh, it's by Goro, not by Hayao. Mm. You know, there's a bit that spe- um, uh, sentiment actually. Yeah, like, I have to admit that for my part at least. Um, I wasn't as drawn to watching that film. Yeah, it's, um, it's by Hayao. Uh, it's by Goro, not by Hayao. So yeah. why bother? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Let's go robots instead of watching this film. Anyways, uh, that's a reference for you, Jonathan. Um, here's... Uh, <laughs> Robot. Uh, not, not this Jonathan. Oh, okay. Jonathan. Yeah. He likes to see Dragon Boat. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, <laughs> this, this Jonathan would not ever watch like a robot film, I think. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. Right. The Wind Rises. Again, another film that we have not seen. Um, Can you feel that? (laughs) I'm making the wind. That's the wind blowing. (laughs) The Wind Rises will be... Oh, okay, sorry. It's rising, maybe. But, um, yeah, I've not seen this film. Um, To be honest with you, this is at a point in time where my interest in actually watching a lot of the latest films have... um, dwindled down a bit um, mm. and I, I, I still watch films on a fairly regular basis but previously I would have been so excited about this now less so mm. less so can you take a look at the list again the list of the movie oh okay The Wind Rises is actually the second the third latest um, release right yes from Studio Ghibli yes it was released uh, last year um in the summer season, and it has a lot of, of the, the big hitters. Miyazaki is a writer I'm and director. Actually, I'm actually quite shocked because in Jakarta, the wind uh, sorry the wind rises does not hold that long in the movie theater. Really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know for sure, but but I don't know for sure. Maybe well, maybe people in Jakarta don't really familiar with. Ghibli, maybe I don't yeah. know. Or maybe they can just they rather watch the older films on or Disney Channel. I, I think no, I think there's also have a compet competitors like uh, it's July, right? During yeah. the summer box office, probably there's a lot of 
better movies that they want to watch. You know, again, it's much of competitions going on there. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps it could be that uh, the combination is probably not as interesting for many people as well. I mean, as as much as this is Miyazaki's last film, Mm -hmm. it is also done by a lot of the same people, which, you know, your reactions could could fall into the same, into different categories. One, a film written and directed by Miyazaki, produced by Toshio Suzuki, and composed, the music composed by Joe Hisaishi, who is an absolute magician. Right? He, he, he just... Joe the, Hisaishi. Yeah, he's, 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 the, the magic that, that he brings in um, into his music is just amazing for me. Right? But now, could it be that the combination is just getting stale and... And it's just that people are generally not interested anymore. I don't know. I mean, I suppose for my part, there are different considerations and factors to be considered as well. But the fact is... I think you also need to consider how well uh, this movie did in box office. Hmm. But in in Jakarta, I don't think it's hit that mark. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently, it was, uh, as it turns out, the highest grossing Japanese film in Japan in in 2013. So, I guess... And nominated for Academy Awards. So, we're basically the... Yeah, we're 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 not mainstream. And we're being hipsters with the remaining two films as well. The Tale of Princess Princess Kaguya Kaguya, and When Marnie was was There, which as it stands now is the official final film for now. Um, Oh, okay. uh, When Marnie Was There is um, When Marnie Was There? The official final Uh. film for Studio Ghibli for now. so, oh, uh, the one thing that I do want to check out um, after this is win of the uh, the wind also rises. The wind rises. Yeah. The wind rises. I can see. I can, I can make that sound. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, the Princess of Kaguya. We know the story already. Not really something that I'm looking forward what, to. What is the story about actually? It's basically a princess that was born out of bamboo. Oh really? <laughs> you don't know. It's again. It's another folk, um, folk stories, hmm. um, Japanese folk stories, and actually, it's been done in a lot of version. Hmm. You've got the anime, uh, and which is hilarious take on Princess Kaguya. I so, see. So she's basically a princess hmm. that was sent uh, for this elderly couple who don't have any children. Hmm. And they were praying and praying and praying for the gods to have children hmm. until one day the father goes into the wood and cut a bamboo hmm. and lo and behold there's a there's a baby inside of the bamboo. Hmm. And they raise this baby. And when she's actually older, turns out she was the princess of the moon or coming something from the the moon what I remember is at the end of the story, the princess actually goes back to the moon and leaves the parents behind and it's like in in the TV sense, like oh they cry because they have to let go of the princess if I'm not mistaken <laughs> well, I suppose now we're looking at things from a more adult perspective huh? because yeah. that's why we're looking at things more from the kids perspective and now it's the parents actually, yeah actually I know this story from my childhood as well because I've read like a children's story of this princess Kaguya and the one thing that I do remember because you know how pretty is the princess <laughs> <laughs> the princess is so pretty so I was, that's one thing that stuck in my mind alright 
Well, obviously uh, she's a princess. <laughs> yeah, that, she has to be pretty. <laughs> that is a that is a very important factor. How popular are Japanese folk tales here in? I think Indonesia? it's quite popular uh, because in the bookstore as well there have um, the pr- Princess Kaguya. I think it's one of the children's story that is quite you know, well for me. It's actually I read it in from I bought this book from the. Bookstore, Gramedia mm. Bookstore, which is one of the biggest bookstore in Indonesia, mm. and there's a lot of translated folk story, a uh, Japanese folk uh, folklore mm. in 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 bookstores like children. Yeah, that's very interesting. We Malaysia has a very specific policy. For, uh, some years ago, it's called the Look East policy, where instead of um, looking to the West as a kind of um, uh. standard bearer, we look to other countries like Korea and Japan as a way of of seeing how look at how Asian people are doing well, and we can be like them too, right? So we have, <laughs> oh, really? um, yeah. So we have, uh, for example, uh, influences from countries like Hyundai, Mitsubishi, and whatnot coming in, and I have no doubt that this is actually something that led to the popularity of certain characters like Doraemon. And mm. whatnot in Malaysia as well. So I'm, I'm just wondering, is there something similar in Indonesia as well? Uh, I don't know about that kind of policy. We don't really have that kind of policy. Mm. Um, I think one of the policy that <laughs> we basically try to implement is that if you like to read, that's good. <laughs> because we have a very low rate in terms of reading for children. So as long as you read, <laughs> well, yeah, appropriate book. Um, yeah. That's good, right. <laughs> you know. And I do remember when I was a kid, there is actually a series of um, children's story, and I remember Princess Kaguya, uh, Kaguya and then there's um, Momok, um, there's this boy who born out of Peach or something like that. Another mm. children. James and the Giant Peach, is it? No, Japanese. Japanese, I forgot. James and the Giant <laughs> Peach. No. no, something like that. Something that stories about a, a peach and a, I forgot what is it. But that's again, mm. that's two stories, Japanese children's story. So I kind of know All right. about that. All right. Okay. Well, what do you know about when Marnie was there? Mm, don't know. I don't All know right. where where was Marnie. <laughs> I don't know where she was. Where she went. Where she is now. <laughs> Uh, I don't have anyone in Marnie that I know of. <laughs> Neither do I. I don't have any money as well, so that, that doesn't help. Um, so I think we're just going to have to sit down and watch quite a lot of these films. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that we need to catch up in terms of Studio Ghibli. All right. Yeah. And probably um, it's one of the ways that we could actually preserve the Ghibli heritage mm-hmm. you know, to watch their movies. Mm. But I'm just probably what I'm going to do is. Just watch Spirited Away for like the 10,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> discover new things, you know, discover new things. Oh, there is actually something that I do notice about Spirited Away. It's how detailed it is, actually. Yeah, oh, well, that's the one thing about all these films. Mm-hmm. Right? Hand-drawn animations that takes years and, and years. And very detailed, yes. Absolutely. And the thing about Hayao Miyazaki, I think he has a principle that um, do not leave empty spaces when drawing so Mm. if you take a look at Spirited Away it's very full it's very detailed and there's a lot of things that you need to take in in terms of the picture Mm. because again one of the things that strikes me is the Yubaba apartment or Yubaba's office Mm. so detailed so 
um, I guess that's you could see how meticulous it is. I guess. All right, and for those of you um, listening at home who's probably wondering uh, what it looks like, well, that's just cool. One way to, that's cool. one way to find out who is Yubaba, who, who are all these people talking about stuff they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. The best way to discover new things is to actually go out and do them yourselves, right? So jump. Jom. That's only only Malaysian words that I know. Jom. That's probably the only Malaysian word you need to know. Um, everything else <laughs> just fall into place. Uh, jom. Jom. Tuan-tuan pembahas kalian, kita akan teruskan lagi kemudiannya um, pada episode seterusnya dengan tak tahulah apa kita cakap. But for now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I think that kind of um, brings this whole session um, to an end. How do you feel? I feel hungry. <laughs> no, but that again, it's really interesting. Looking forward to another podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. We shall, we, we shall talk about doing this um, more in the future. All right. All right. right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for having listened to our, uh, I don't know which episode this is. <laughs> thank you very much. And very on track. <laughs> yeah, keep on watching films. Thanks, Weena. Thank you, Vikri. Bye. <laughs>